Welcome to the Lesbo and the Bean universe. Lesbo and the Bean. L-A-T-B. Lat-B. Where mixed martial arts and the UFC get silly. Big silly. Buckle up and move your tray tables to their upright position. And please, somebody shut that baby up. It's time for Lesbo and the Bean. This episode of Lesbo and the Bean is brought to you by Lather & Co. That's latherandcompany.com for all your bath and body needs. This is an exclusive for Lesbo and the Bean. Remember to type in LATB, L-A-T-B, 15 for 15% off. Any purchases over $25 will give you free shipping. U.S. domestic for now. Wait till later. That's a really good deal for Lesbo and the Bean. So once again, that's latherandcompany.com for all your organic, cruelty-free bath and body needs and onto the show. Welcome back, welcome back, episode 191, Ricochet and a recap out of Kansas City. Was it at, no, it wasn't out of Kansas City. Nashville. Nashville, Tennessee, why am I thinking Kansas City? That still left a good taste in my mouth, but hey, Nashville, you're swinging a sweet song in my ear because, woo, did we have a hell of a showing in the main event. We're eventually going to get there, but man, very few people saw that coming, if any at all. Biggest favorite of the night ended up getting his lights put out. But again, before all that, how did you do? How were the fights? How did your weekend go? I'm ashamed go? of myself. I'm sorry. I, I'm not on a hot streak. I haven't felt very hot about the cards. And this is something that I also thought when watching the fights. When an underdog this big of a veteran comes through, it's almost better than winning money. I know that's crazy, but even though I had Wonderboy everywhere, I'm excited about the outcome of the fight. I think over me doing well. It wasn't the difference of my night if Wonderboy would have won or not. I did bad every day. <laughs> that one didn't make you or break you. Mm-mm. It wasn't that. I totally agree. Um, it was just... Why we love this sport. Because anything can happen. Everyone does have a puncher's chance. And styles make fights. And it was a very interesting stylistic matchup by the end of the night. But you know how we do here. We always start from the bottom to the top. Is there Be- any else we, thing we have to talk about? I, you cut me off to oh, the point, sorry. And I was going to say before that, what has ended up happening in the MMA Twitterverse here at Lappy. We're doing a little rid- bit of renovation if you're watching us on YouTube, you can see all about it. Hopefully, it's sounding better all the way around. But what else has been going on this in the MMA universe? No. FYI. This no, is, no. You're seeing under construction. Tape. Yeah, we should have tape that says under construction, enter at your own risk, that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm trying to rack my brain with things. If there's any fights that have come about, if there's anything that's been said. And it's almost like it was the knockout that was heard around the MMA world. I don't know if there's anything bigger than it going on. I totally agree. I mean, nothing has really taken over because of what, as the factors you were saying, underdog city. I mean, humongous underdog. And the first time Wonder Boy's ever been put out cold in his entire career, Kyokushin Karate included. So he's been taken in like a champ. He's already been posting videos. I mean, immediately on the stool afterwards, he got up and said, when? What happened? Good job. And shook Pettis' hand and, you know, they were on their way, but... It's woo. the first fight. He's been knocked out in over 80 fights, and his dad, you hear him off camera say, 
And it was a 150 Viber. <laughs> <laughs> a little guy. A little guy. Uh, totally. So he's been taking it well and uh, looks like he's going to eventually get ready to back up in there from some of the videos we've seen. But again, we usually start from the bottom to the top. And because we've had fans that have been interested of late, we are drinking that 420 strand of G13 IPA from Sweetwater again all around so um if you're interested it is a delicious top notch that extra cbd to get us through the morning after not even the morning after the recap recap and ricochet yeah <laughs> i know I, we need when we have tags back here they can be on the end of bullets we can glue them on the end of tags oh yeah 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 like just the caps i like it and that'll just For punctuate it and ricochets so it started off at 125 pounds, and we had debuting Jordan Espinosa coming in over Eric Shelton and winning, winning via three-round decision. 29-28 is what most scorecards had it. And uh, Shelton, as we were saying, that was a stay-away fight. The debuter didn't score all that much, but, I mean, it essentially was a dirty split. I thought, honestly, Shelton had won a bit more of that fight just because of the forward pressure and control. But uh, Espinosa at least won one round for me. So we kind of called it Dirty Split Eric Shelton. You were spot on on that one. Nasty old Dirty Split. I did stay away from that fight and I was glad. And I wanted to be mad about it, but I didn't know if I was being biased. It was such a close call that I couldn't even argue it. Okay, Shelton lost. But Shelton's kind of a guy I'm going to... You can't bet on. Yeah. His style isn't point-friendly either. Agreed, agreed. It's just really hard to get behind Shelton, even though he's going to stay in the division for a while. It is definitely going to be tentative. And Espinoza, he looked good. His gas tank looked way better than he did on the Contender Series. He's fast, fast, has a good jab, but I do see holes in his game. I do see Shelton leaving him off of the hook a lot of the times. The announcers were saying that Espinoza was really exiting the pocket and not blocking just kind of using his athleticism where when Shelton tried to double up on those exits he was landing on Espinoza so if Shelton's doing it now later on someone's going to exploit that just something I took away from specifically that matchup but moving forward kind of tentative on both guys I think Espinoza yeah. can get exploited there moving on in the division at 135 pounds we had Chris Gutierrez being a decided favorite over Ryan McDonald man you heard me. You heard the being talking all sorts of trash over McDonald. And hey, his toughness shone through. But that was pretty much the biggest attribute because it was a punching bag clinic in there against Gutierrez. I thought Gutierrez was going to be able to get him out of there in the second round eventually due to the accumulation of shots. Those leg kicks were landing nonstop. No checks at all. I mean, McDonald tried to pull guard a couple times, but Gutierrez was having none of it. I guess the most interesting factor in this fight for me was... If that they if there's the equivalent of icing the kicker, Gutierrez had that moment prior to the fight. And did you happen to catch any of that as him walking into the ring? No. So the commission literally as they're tapping him down for the the oil as he's walking in with a shirt off, already gave everybody a hug. They're like, You have too many uh sleeves on your ankles. You need to take some of those off. Huh. You've been here for an hour and a half. Everybody signed off on every single tape job you've had, and now they tell you right before the ring? I mean, if there's an equivalent ice in the kicker, this would have been it. Gutierrez, though, able to overcome it and just use a low-level punching bag as a 
some up his stats, but eventually, because he didn't get the finish, Gutierrez just kind of hung out and picked him apart. I didn't like much what I saw from Gutierrez moving forward as well in the division. So I'm going to be hesitant on both guys moving forward. It was a fun one enough, but I don't think McDonald stays around too much longer. I've been pretty vocal about that. What do you take away from this one? I actually liked Gutierrez a little bit. I thought he controlled the whole fight for 15 minutes and looked good, better than I thought he was going to going in. I thought it was going to be more of a stalemate, and he actually controlled it everywhere. So I'm actually looking forward to watching him fight again and maybe against a more caliber opponent. Um, time will tell, but if it's anything like this, he's definitely grown since his last fight. Totally. Totally, totally. Especially that Brazoli finish that he got, Barzola's finish. I mean, that's a top 10 guy, so he did learn from that. Had a great game the plan. The style of doing it is a little more... Um, uh, <laughs> we always forget their names when we're talking about them. Dan Hardy. Verse... No, you know how they do the... <laughs> like standing up? Oh, the analyst position yeah. is when they're standing. It's versus John Gooden. Is it John Gooden? Yeah, is it not as relaxed? I feel like I'm doing well, but it's crucial that I have a little stool here. You just got to be able to move around. A little bit and not fully yeah. put all my weight on my legs because yeah. I'm going to pass out. Can't <laughs> lock my knees. I'm going to lock my knees. I'm going to be like one of them groomsmen. Like Kevin Hart. <laughs> I've been in the military. I've locked my knees. I went down before. Oh, no. Yeah, you got to bend them. Get that blood flowing. Get that blood flowing for you gotta sure. get your dance on. You got to get your dance on. Definitely. Somebody who ended up... Locking out and ended up just letting me down another time over and over again at 115 pounds. We had Angela Hill come in versus Ronda Marcos and Angela Hill. Good thing we told you guys to stay away from this one. It was going to be dirty. I had Angela Hill on one card and, oh, I mean, she was doing well striking. Ronda Marcos was running in with seven punch combinations, but it was on a straight line and once Angela Hill clinched up with Ronda Marcos, it was the beginning of the end. On the ground, Marcos looked like a monster in there. But it's Angela Hill, time old tale of not being able to keep the fight where she wants it. Did you see the, I think I don't know if it's a video or a photo. I just saw a photo going around of Angela Hill and there's like a Ronda Marcos and she's like tweaking her nipples. No, I have not seen yeah, it. And then Ronda Marcos was like, Angela Hill is obnoxious. So it was like a personal fight in there. Yes, I did know and that they were heated. I think Ronda Marcos looked amazing. But I don't want to get high on her because this is the first time in so long that I'm like, Angela Hill. Why don't we get all Angela Hill? And wow. wow. She's done this to us how many times before? Stay away from Angela Hill. Right? You just can't trust your money with Angela Hill, but unfortunately. But it also shows the difference of Invicta, as harsh as we are to some of these women in the UFC. It also shows the different caliber of being the Invicta champion versus just Ronda Marcos in the UFC. Or is Ronda Marcos really getting that much better? Is her ring IQ getting that much better? This is what we loved about Ronda Marcos, and I've been touting that she was potentially a dark horse for a long time, is because her grappling is so advanced. But she had those IQ lapses in previous fights where... She, for whatever reason, couldn't get the fight to the ground and didn't try to and then lost striking battles against non-contenders where here Lee is an actual contender and she put a game plan together. She actually had taken away from most of a regular training camp, which is wrestling heavy, and went to a Muay Thai camp for this fight. She only practiced about a month of actual grappling 
and she ended up showing up. But interesting how a fight, it's just, you can go in with so many game plans and you kind of fall back on your laurels. And that's the grappling and jiu-jitsu of Marcos. Ended up landing a stepping inside uh, toss on Hill. But again, Hill could have countered in so many other ways and did in and that's just the level of WMMA right now. WUFC MMA, unfortunately. Am I being yeah. too harsh? Well, I at this point, Ronda Marcus is a veteran. I think it made her climb to like nine and six. And um, those kind of fights at these divisions and just figuring out what works and uh, maybe even that ring IQ that keeps coming up over and over again, the one skill that you actually... You, it's rare to see in a younger opponent. And so when we talk about somebody with good ring IQ later on, how pivotal it is that when you see somebody that it's like, hey, Ronda Margos, I'm just guessing she's 27, 28 years old, and it's we've watched her climb in fights where her ring IQ is getting better or better, and then you see somebody, some young book coming up, young book that we see really make a full 180 and in the middle of a fight and show this like, dare I say, Tony Ferguson weird-esque ring IQ and come up with a full different game plan in a different round where now I think Ronda Marcos is capable of that. We see her do switches and keep it where she's powerful in a fight. So I'm liking what I'm seeing from her. I don't want to be extra harsh because I, I don't think Angela Hill's a walkthrough. I think she's a point fighter with minimal, like not minimal power, medium power. Yep. So it's like her, her shot's, are a little you have to commit to a little more they things hurt. and they might hurt a little more than other ladies at that weight class so i think good on ronda marcos i'm excited for her going forward totally agree especially if she's able to keep this game plan of getting these fights to the ground for sure for sure for sure at 125 pounds we had jennifer maya the underdog coming in against alexis davis winning a three-round decision 29 28 30 27 most judges had it for maya i mean we were saying it again, stay away from this one. It's going to be a low scorer. Maya actually looked like in the bit of the brawls we saw in these three rounds, Maya was getting the better of those, able to have better takedown defense. And uh, Maya looked all sorts of thick in all the right ways. I mean, she's just one of those natural athletes. Um, not that I'm saying that she's out of shape because she wasn't, but she just looked a different kind of thick. And there was different type of weight behind her shots that were hurting Alexis Davis, which... Isn't that unusual, but I think it's we've seen a long career also finally catching up to Alexis Davis, and it's finally really starting to show the kids, the fights, the knee injuries. So Maya's just definitely starting out her career where Davis is probably on the tail end of her career. Moving forward, I think it's just fine. Maya's going to have a tough fight any time, but uh, she looks like she's definitely progressing in her career and not stagnant i did like what i saw in the progression of Maya. what'd you take away from this one i love that i think that's well said it's just like a kid can learn a foreign language quicker than an adult i think that's just what we're seeing here in the leaps and bounds that we've talked about forever the woman's mma from where its birth is to where men's mma is like men's mma is taking leaps and bounds but women's mma is taking like this first step for man triple steps yeah what is that triple step. jump yeah so <laughs> it's just like what the what the young books are able to pull together and the amount of growth that we're able to see i think we're just seeing alexis davis plateau a little bit and um i don't know if the head trauma is going to be the same for women but like you're saying ligament injuries sometimes are 
you know, just as damaging the career. So, yeah, um, that was a bad pick. <laughs> there was a lot of people that was the favorite was davis she did have more avenues of potentially winning but again the person that wanted it more in there was my uh good underdog if you picked it there was quite a few underdogs that came through we didn't have so many on the show but it was a rough night of fights and i don't want to be the oversaturation kind of person because i'm not but this was definitely one of those times where i didn't bet a lot of money and i was happy it wasn't a winning night, but I also wasn't trying to post ducats all over the place because there's weeks coming up where there is spots to make a lot more money. And this one was just kind of watch back and watch people's careers grow. And we're going to see that in Jennifer Maya. Yeah, I didn't bet a lot of cards, but I did bet big cards this week. And I didn't really feel confident about any of my picks. And those are weeks I should definitely stay away more um and about fighters that i'm like oh i don't feel good about picking this but i have to put a spot on the card and then those are the fighters that don't pull through uh maybe trust you trust my instincts sometimes and stay away a little more on nights like tonight that it proves that they're just as fun sometimes without anything you don't need to <laughs> well yeah. <laughs> yeah i think that's enough said i think that was the universe just being like you know what it's good we can move on to the next fight on to one that we did end up anticipating that ended up being all sorts of fun you know here we always like the champion marlon chito Vera at 135 pounds and he came in against frankie saints and was able to get him out of there in the first round i mean it was just chito doing pretty much what he wanted moving forward and having that killer instinct that we talk about chito had it from the first second of the entire fight and uh usually how he takes a little while to warm up and get going it looked like he was on firing on all cylinders from the first minute of that fight and even hurt his foot in that fight would it be crazy I feel like Cheeto is definitely in the Hall of Fame, isn't he? Like, no. For us? For, well, no, for that for beat. Us. Oh, for I feel sure. Like the amount of for times sure. he's been a Leslie Smith underdog pick, and now, obviously, in this fight, he wasn't. But right. Just, he was he's a favorite. so clutch. I, he was my, if I put a crown on it this week, he was my Pivot point. Cheeto. Cheeto. Yep. Cheeto. No, I like that you called it. Um, but I felt confident about it. It was like one of the only fights that I'm like, Cheeto, right. everywhere. The linchpin? Yeah, that was a good name. That was a good name. Definitely. He was over 106 points on DraftKings, if not 1-6 on the dot. So he was on a lot of the winning lineups, if you had Cheeto Vera on there. But also at 38 years old for Frankie Zines, as Alexis Davis, I think he's more on the tail end of his True. career. True, maybe I shouldn't get all cray. <laughs> Just I love Cheeto. True. But he's on a mad tear right now. He's putting it together. He's putting it together because that's what we always said. If he looked the way he does in that second and third in the first round, he's going to be a son of a gun. It's people tend to win that first round on Cheeto. Not this first round. Cheeto takes it to people the way he's doing this. Where we see a contender on the way, you can take that to the back. At 145 pounds, we had Bryce Mitchell defeating the favorite Bobby Moffitt via three-round decision. This is the one that I was fairly controversial on. This is the one where I thought Bobby Moffitt honestly got more takedowns. Even though Bryce Mitchell put Moffitt in precarious uh, positions by having the submission attempts, some of them being close, some of them not, I feel like the crowd ended up playing a bigger role than it should have. And I thought Moffitt won two of those three rounds decidedly, striking 
takedown, advantageous position. I mean, the only reason you could give one of those rounds potentially to Mitchell was the crowd. I might be incorrect on this, but somewhere they gave each of them three takedowns a piece. Interesting. And I was like, huh. And uh, this was a very close fight. I honestly thought Moffat won as well. I honestly thought Moffat won as well, even though um, it closed out that, um, what's his name, Freak Nasty? Thug Nasty, Bryce Mitchell. Um, Even though it turned out that he finished the fight pretty the last two minutes on top, it just seemed like more control to me, and I might be wrong about all this, was uh, definitely not in his favor. So I do think the crowd played as well. They were all chanting his name. He seemed like maybe he had a big fan base there. Maybe fights a lot out of the circuit in that area. We were saying it. We were saying it. You know Arkansas is the new Tennessee. (laughs) We were talking about that on the breakdown. Arkansas, Kentucky, or Arkansas. 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 Come on, Dave Shorts. And what else did he say he was going to do? He was pretty funny on the microphone. Mm. (laughs) He said he was going to do something else crazy. I'm going to go and pick up my Meemaw. And I'm going to take her to a steak dinner. That's what it was. That's what it was. Um, Is it reminiscent of me that I don't want to get too hyped because he's kind of like a Jason Knight where it's like he is fun on the mic and a new character in our world of our WWE. And I only mean outside the octagon. I think those kind of flares of our, the good on the mic and the banter back and forth, that's the like build up for the fights the same as WWE in a way, but what happens inside the cage obviously is real as real it can be. Definitely. But his character's a new character and we're all a little excited about it. Like I think as we were saying before with even on our breakdown with, um, as we're going to get there, Macy Barber, but also that killer instinct that Barra is showing, Bryce Mitchell's one of these dogs that'll be dead tired and keep on trucking. Like, he's one of these guys that even, it just didn't matter if he had, if Moffitt was getting the takedown on him. Mitchell is attempting to make a dirty fight, and that's just someone that you got you can bet on. Someone who's not going to quit on himself regardless of gas tank, which I do still feel that Mitchell has issues in the gas tank, in the positioning, but again, he just scrambles fucking crazily. I actually was kind of impressed with some of his jujitsu back to Moffat. I thought they were almost 50-50 in there. And right. I thought he was, there was just as many times that Moffat was in very dangerous. He was, uh, you know, we talk, later in the night we're going to talk about Wonderboy Thompson and everyone always says awkward striker, awkward striker. He was an awkward grappler. Yes. He was an awkward grappler and... Maybe as young as he is, maybe I'm going to like Thug Nasty's growth. He's fun on the mic, so, okay. I like them both going forward, yeah. though. I think Moffat beats a lot of other guys as well. Still they both there. might be sneaky underdogs going forward. Totally agree with that. Then the main card ends up starting off with Macy Barber, aforementioned Macy Barber, against J.J. Aldridge, TKO round number two. I mean, J.J. came in there looking all sorts of Amazing. She's training with Valentina Shevchenkovers and Rose Namajunas. We did not put that connection together, but she looked all sorts of it with a nasty straight left that was putting Macy Barber on her butt. There's tells in Macy Barber's game. She's not invincible. She can be dropped. And it was a, there was a lot of naked kicks in there. There was a lot of, even though she's really fun and moves forward and looks really good moving forward, if somebody gets Macy Barber on her heels... She's kind of a she's she leaves her head 
on a swivel or not on a swivel to be hit. She leaves her head on a pedestal and Aldridge, I think moving forward is someone I'm going to be betting heavy on at 26 years old. She hits with power and she hits hard. She, she reminded me in her striking of an Amanda Nunes with that straight left down the pipe, the way as hard as she was throwing it. And that jab too, that was hurting Macy in that first round hard. But again, the young fighter adjusting in that second round and it, why we like her. She's got that killer instinct. She didn't just give up and fold up when she got tagged up. First time she was ever knocked down, she made an adjustment and uh, put it on J.J. Aldridge. What'd you take away from this one? It was a profile fight. I thought both of the women looked amazing. Give me more of these type of lady fights because this one will have me at the edge of my seat. I like these type of fights. Period. In general. Uh, but no, I... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I... Actually, as much as I like J.J. Aldridge, I think she looks so good here. She's a young fighter, too. I'm, I think she's going to be one to watch going forward. I think it says uh, it's a testament to how smart the camp is for J.J. Aldridge and tape watching. I think tonight in particular, I think that's what you take away from UFC Nashville is the camp that watched the best tape figured out a lot of the fights. And what happened in this fight that was different than the last fight of the night, uh, JJ came out hot, won entirely all of the first round. And if because of knocking Macy Barber on her butt, it could have been a 10-8. If you want to be like critical about the fight, she just controlled her everywhere. Um, every time that Macy Barber went to kick, she did leave her head straight up and down. She was missed six o'clock and she was easy to find. Uh, but the testament to Macy Barber, not only her age, but her ring IQ, when she realized that she was doing that the whole time, because usually she would do that kick to set up for like laying some crazy punches, she changed her entire game plan coming into round two and stopped kicking. She knew that opening was there, and it, whether her corner told her or she figured it out, she was easily coachable, and I love what I'm seeing from her to come in and really lay it down in this round. And also... Um, I think whatever for J.J. Aldrich going forward, uh, she's going to figure out with her cardio. I think she blew her wad a little in the first round as well, and she was going to try to sit back this round, and Macy Barber came out with that extra. She looked a little thick, too. She looked large in there, Macy Barber. I think um, I'm predicting it now. This is just the first of a trilogy fight that we see with these women, and we're going to see them battle for the belt one day. I think the, this is the future of this. They meet again. They'll meet yes, again. Yes, and what a great fight it was for the future of this division. I love everything I see, and um, yeah, we saw Rose ringside. It was definitely a fun fight. It was a perfect way to open the night, and um, I think JJ showed out as well for as much of an underdog as she was, uh, but right before this fight, I was like, I have a weird feeling JJ is going to win this fight. I just, but... Barbara did something that I didn't anticipate for her age is to come out and really her ring IQ. So at 20, yeah, one to watch right there. One to both women. Both how do you women. feel? How do you feel it. about Macy moving up to 125? Did um, I think she looked good. I think she looked She good. looked thicker than she ever has before in there, but she's growing up. I mean, she's 20 years old. She's going to end up putting on weight. I'm starting to realize that maybe just moving up in general is the way to go. Everybody maybe should just take a stride up. Everybody. 
Ben, ben Askren said it too. He came from, you know, at the Wrestling. World Championship yeah. even too, that where everyone had to move up in a weight class and take, they were that champion. Oh, yeah. They've done great stuff over at one yeah. as far as making everyone there. Hydration like, tests. Right, right. And it changes the entire game. A hydration test that could have been needed, that could have been prevented. Louis, she wasn't the one that missed weight. I was about to Macy say. Barber wasn't the one that missed weight. Violent Bob all Ross. Oh, you haters. Perfect segue into Violent Bob Ross. Gosh, I was impressed with JJ and Macy for totally different reasons. I, I agree. I was impressed with how hot JJ, JJ looked in the first round. I was impressed at how Macy came back. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, go on to Violent Bob Ross. Sorry. Ended up missing weight. 148.5 pounds at 145 for Steven Pearson. Bob Ross talking of all sorts of S out there saying he could make 135 pounds. I don't think so. You're six foot three, my friend. You skinny as it is, Lesbo trying to tell you guys, hey, he's cutting down. This looks weird. But you know, Alapi, if you miss weight, especially by a couple pounds, it means that you didn't fully hurt yourself. So more of a reason to put money on VBR. And it showed out. I mean, the size in there ended up taking over against Peterson. I feel like this played out a lot like I called it. It was just going to be more the size and the clinch, really, that's going to do a part with Peterson. And uh, Peterson's there to be hit. He's a fun fight. But... As we already said before with Jason Knight and Bryce Mitchell, I feel like Peterson's one of those guys that'll just move forward on you and make it exciting, but eventually lose the technical bout. And Luis Pena came through with it, but he's got to move up to 155 pounds. I, I don't like Bob Ross at 45. Maybe up, he can make the 70 and still be the tallest guy in the freaking division. I like everything I saw from Bob Ross because he was fighting, you know, that thing that they always show that video of Khabib hitting uh, his elbow on the ground, that just punching bag, but it's like, oh, shaped right. like a man that Khabib's just like punch, 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 and he's just like working on his cardio punching. That's what I felt like Peterson was in a way to Bob Ross. And everyone's going to be, everyone's still going to be high on Pena. And I don't think there's any reason to be. I think he's, not an in-betweener. He's just trying to gain every advantage. And he fought a guy that he was bigger than. And skill level, you know, obviously now looking at it a lot higher than. But just a lot larger of a man. A lot more powerful of a man everywhere. Um, Bob Ross just reminds me a little bit of a... And this might be um, hated. Of a Mike Perry in that... His personality is going to outshine his skill level inside the octagon that we see. Unless, because I think they're going to start riding on the laurels of being a big personality. And people want to see him get better in there. Mm -hmm. Like, even if you're Conor McGregor, like, you want to see him get better. You don't want to see you lose fights. So, I just am nervous for Bob Ross that somewhere he's even, like, walking in with the pick in his hair and, like, there's somewhere he's buying into, yeah, like, okay, you beat that guy who is not a guy that's going to get you to a title fight, and you're fighting a weight class or a mid-class above the guy. So I like what I saw about him in there. But Agreed, agreed, and he is young. He's got to get some of these fights under there too, grow. So I, this is a good progression, but I think you're on point by saying, like, this is a guy that right now you're getting blown up lines and he doesn't deserve to have these these amount of blown up lines and it's been proven. Peterson I thought looked okay in Agreed. round one and he made a I think he should have made a lot of people a little nervous in round one. I totally agree. And then Bob Ross did 
take it away. Yeah, take it away. And look good everywhere. I don't want to hate on him. His performance was on point. It was one of those. But the minus 220-something favorites yeah. is just, again, there's the hype that you're yeah. talking about that is kind of proven not there's to be gonna there. There's going to be money later on with a different person against a Bob Ross that everyone's Another Trezino coming down the line eventually. Yeah. For sure. At 125 pounds, we had the Beans Vets coming through again at plus 120. Juicier Formiga came in against the VCO Figueredo in a three-round decision. You're trying to make money. You're following that beef. Where did you end up in the night? I ended up having seven of 12. You ended up four of 12. They can't all be winners. They can't all be they winners, but hey. They all have to be losers. <laughs> <laughs> they were. You got four in there. Yeah. You got four in there. There was quite of a bit of underdogs that came throughout the night, but uh, I think that I actually still did pretty well compared to the night. I think I only saw people getting like eight of 12 as far as topology being in the high rankings as far as people I stay with. Nobody I follow on the social media was doing all sorts of good. Nobody was like, yeah! <laughs> I called everybody and we're right. we're totally on the main card. And we didn't tell you to follow at Zool tonight and at Weak Neck Baby and at Lesbo and the Bean on Twitter and at Lesbo and the Bean on Instagram and uh, make sure you're getting that Lather & Co. Use the code LATB. Uh, we're going to work on Sorry we put the commercial on twice last time, but we're going to work on it. Right now we're leaving it at the beginning, but just and a construction, little. Construction, as you guys can see. Yeah, everything. It's all under. We're we're moving. We're moving and shaking. It's like shaking bacon. So, anyways, I didn't mean to interrupt with that, but back to Formiga, who I have to say, with the interruption, I might as well just add it in there. Killer call and dead on. Dead on. Like, if you listen in, you should tell a friend. You could even take that clip and be like, hey, check out this show. Listen how dead on this call is for the underdog. If you would have bet your house on that, you'd have two and a half houses right now. <laughs> which, <laughs> which we don't recommend it. We ain't recommending no mortgage money on it. But hey, you want to make a little extra cash for that vacation money, definitely throw it on this there. It's where free. It says like, all the suggestions made by Lesbo and the Bean are just for entertainment purposes. Hundred <laughs> percent. I guess the only thing it'll cost you is uh, subscribe, a like, and you gotta tell a friend. Oh, and if you did the raddest thing in the whole world, maybe go to iTunes and give us a five star and write a little like oh, Lesbo and the Bean. But maybe don't put Lesbo because they'll be like, we can't put that up. That's true. Like, I love Lat B. I love Lat B. Me too. So. Juicy Formiga ended up using the wrestling to eventually get this to the ground, but even striking-wise, Formiga had a great game plan coming out of ATT, using that jab all sorts of well against Figueredo, not allowing that power punch to land. Didn't get to see that uppercut that I was really tying off. I ended up putting some gifts up on the Beans post in there, showing how he has a really fun uppercut, but if I can see that, Figueredo and American Top Team saw that, and they were ready for it. Figueredo is one of these guys that has a puncher's chance, but is beatable, and we saw how he's beatable. Uh, you were so dead on with that, too, and I even liked, I I follow his old tonight, so I saw the George Foreman reference, and if you watch Figueredo the whole entire fight, was he was head-hunting with his cannon locked back, just head-hunting, head-hunting, and every time he really swung, it was almost like a waste of an energy, uncalculated, and then he was always trying to uh, defend off a takedown and really burnt out his energy quick enough that Formiga just took over and that veteranship owned the power. So 
So yeah, definitely really dead on with it. So with that actual punch, I act, I really love that. But the thing that is really tricky about that punch and why Foreman made it such a good punch in his boxing career was because you throw that punch once every 50 punches. Behind other punches. Exactly. Behind other you punches. You just don't throw that punch. You don't punch just and that's... walk forward with that all locked up. And that's all figuring that, it out. the chamber. No bullets before it. Just right, one right, in the right, chamber. Right. And that's exactly what was happening with Figueredo. So, again, he's got to grow in there. But he's got the power to be able to do that. And even on the ground, he was serviceable. Because Formiga will submit a lot of other guys in there. And Figueredo did show a good ground defense game in there like what i saw from both guys moving forward they're still tough i mean what was this number one versus four in the 125 pound division yeah it was an exciting it was an fight. exciting fight. anyone who was watching it if you were uh in quote uh, le casual that would be the french version of it instead of an l casual you're mm. a le casual um <laughs> i like it you wouldn't have even known what the weight class was for that guy they both look bodied uh, up great in there and, um, yeah, I thought it was a good show. But what did you think about the um, audience? Did you think they were uh, smart? Did you think they were an educated crowd? Or did you disagree with them? I heard them booing at times. I think this was a fight they might have booed after. Um, I don't think maybe necessarily this one. I think, yes, after this one, actually. Yeah. They started Where to. They didn't maybe, but it was a close decision. It was a tight decision, but. there was, It was more at the edge of your seats, but this was where we started to get into a couple decisions and. And they had the Ric Flair, which you like. Oh, I love it. You know me. I'm definitely a, Ric Flair, a Nature Boy fan in there, but. The crowd got restless, and it was because they did have some action-ass fights in there earlier in the night, and they got a little used to it. I think Cormier, and who was in there announcing with him? Cormier and... I thought it was and... Paul Felder, but you said no, it wasn't Paul Felder. it wasn't Paul Felder. It was another guy, and it wasn't good, and it's like the hockey guy. That ain't fair. Don't leave it all up to DC. It was up to Give DC. Give a good dancing partner in there. Well, I think D DC is, is a good dancing partner with anybody. Yeah, he's fun. He's fun, but... Um, with this fight, after this fight, the crowd did get a real, little restless as well. And it was just because John Modeski does what John Modeski does. And that's point fight. He point fights out at 155 pounds versus Jesus Pinedo. The preacher's daughter, Modeski? <laughs> <laughs> Modeski just at 5'8", looks like he's 5'6", with long arms and a short short legs. Uh, throws kicks in there, but really just fans it out. And... Pinedo, as we said, he didn't deserve to be in the uh, in and there against the quality of fighter of Modeski, but it was a short notice replacement ish because of the other guy falling out for Modeski. And moving forward, there was one point in time where Jesus Pinedo in the second round actually moved forward um, instead of just eating leg kicks and landed a head kick on Modeski. And I thought, there it is. This is where Modeski's like, my jaw's broke. I'm done. Or, oh, my nose is broke. I tapped. Because he's standing tapped a few times like that. But Modeski did everything well, ate the shot, and kept moving forward. So, again, more credit due to him. But this was really low-level competition. Uh, moving forward, I don't see it moving Modeski that farther up. And Pinedo, he's a Peruvian fighter that should be fighting for Brazilian bums in Peru in the UFC. Wait till you get that chili card. Wait till you get that Peru card. But... Coming in short notice against top 15 guys just isn't your spot right now for Pinedo. Who, what did you take away from this one? Yeah, pretty much the same thing. I almost want to say with Modeski, Modeski like, maybe move up. 
maybe move up in weight. Let's see if that works for you at all. If you're going to fight at all, maybe move up and see I mean, how he's five foot six pushing five foot eight. That's five foot eight, but there's no way he's five foot eight in there. No way. You think he's a little dude? Literally, I'm five foot eight, and I think he's smaller than me. But you it's on TV. You're saying you can beat him up? No, 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 hell no. He kicked the shit out of me. He beat my ass. Potato will whoop my ass for that matter. You're like, everyone that fought, in fact. Uh, exactly. Like, I don't want to get in the ring. Yeah, Angel Hill whooped my ass. Yeah, I don't want to get up. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, it was it was the fight. I think the audience might have booed in this fight. Agreed. They took it into a lull where it was just front leg kick out, one, two, Modeski, move on the outside. It just lulled out. It was really tenuous fight tedious fight you're not going to remember much from it and you shouldn't because it did nothing for either guy's career really yeah on to the co-main event at 265 pounds we had the biggest boys of the night coming in curtis blades defeating justin willis the decided favorite came in and used that wrestling to take over the fight we were thinking that the cormier and luke rockpole big titties? big titties willis <laughs> Did you hear Curtis Blades call him Big Titties? No, I did not. That's awesome. <laughs> he That's him awesome. Big Titties. He goes, um, hey, Big Titties, why don't you go learn how to wrestle? <laughs> or some shit. Like, Willis coming in and saying he was going to be the best heavyweight of all time, being undefeated, A to no. But, uh, hey, we never really seen him in there against a wrestler, and that's kind of what everyone saw. Why Blades was such a big favorite. I mean, Blades has only lost to Naganu twice. We all saw it. There was a high crotch in there in the first round where I thought Willis could have tapped due to slam. I don't understand how you got that handled from AKA. I would totally agree. Now, because we were saying this, how is he not training with DC and Rockhold? Rockhold's been jumping around camps and DC... Or even Kane. I said DC and Kane, yeah. Well, and Kane, but Kane's been hurt, so he hasn't been training for a while. Well, he was training, he just fought... He true, just fought. True, true, true. But with the DC, DC's announcing head coach of a wrestling high school and has a life and is already almost retired. He ain't at the gym when he doesn't need to be at the gym. DC's taking money fights for specific people, and he's not in there training Willis every day. Like, we just see it. He's doing the Floyd Mayweather. Exactly. He's working on outside of stuff, and only him. So Willis didn't necessarily get that one-on-one -on -one attention that we would have initially liked with DC. So... I still had Blades. He was a big favorite. I mean, it was true domination. It was a 25-20 or 30-25 in there, wasn't it? 20 rounds? But it's, I've heard you hype Blades for years. Yes. That this was finally the performance of the dude that you always expected him to be. It was like, oh, he finally did it. That's what I, watching it, I'm like, oh, here's the dude. Here's the dude. This is what I've always heard. This is the skill set I've always heard that he has. Like, he's going to be this smaller. And, and yeah. yeah, from you, from True. here. No, I you, agree. You, but you he's only lost twice in Ngannou. That's it. That's where he's only lost know, in his career. It's like, I love Ngannou. But it seems like when you're like, the guy, this guy is a bomb ass wrestler. Yes, he is. And we saw it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And you're like, this guy's this killer wrestler. Yep. You feel like. He does it well. He might be a better wrestler than Stipe. I could see that. I could so see that. That's a tough like, wrestling. Oh, look. He should have the skill set to Ragnarok twice. You know what no, I mean? I totally just, agree. Just because I of MMA him. math and how we've seen Nganu lose. Right. So um, it's just like, it's been kind of weird. And I know he's only lost twice, and we've also seen him go in and put these performances on. But 
this is the dominance that you've kind of expected from him from the beginning. Totally. It's like, I'm just giving you credit. Thank this you very is, much. This I is agree. Kind of a pick, but it's also like a pick of yours from like far back. From when like, we saw him. This isn't a surprise to you. Like you're Nate Diaz, and you're like, I'm not surprised. Right, but the betting, <laughs> <laughs> betting wise, he was two to one favorite, so I don't feel like it was too big of a crazy amount but i i appreciate it the longevity i have usually been on blade side and it is a lat b rule here that wrestlers tend to go to the top trust us just saying trust us i know i cannot believe i thought willis was a better wrestler i just you know i was giving him camp cred i was given you were you're getting that dc rub i'm like how could you not beat blades if you're training with dc and kane i just don't even understand totally and now i'm like Damn it, for whatever reason, Blaze went out and schooled things and got the opportunity to fight DC. If I'm DC, I'm like, oh, shit. Totally <laughs> agree with that. Like, so. oh, young man, I don't need to, oh, I'm not looking to fight under me, is what DC's yeah. going to say. I'm trying to fight bigger fights. His and, body, yeah. everything. Blades yeah, did thought, look better than he ever Blades has. He looked good. He looked like his beard looked good. <laughs> All I got to say real quick, I was saying it before on the breakdown, TJ Dillashaw. Is specifically trained with Curtis Blades oh, at no. Rain and Elevation. Just gotta be the bearer of bad news. You're in, he thinks TJ's going around. And Everybody, everyone, and Bert, Curtis Blades was showering, and all of a sudden he got poked in the butt, and he's like, ah! He's like, ah! Oh, oh. what happened? Oh, you recording? Yeah. <laughs> he's all, oh, what do you? What was that? Yeah. The well, that was a mosquito bite. That was a mosquito oh, bite. Talking oh. about a needle. Oh. <laughs> I was talking about mosquito bite in the left butt cheek. In the butt cheek, for sure. In the glutes. Oh, oh I was picturing a different shower scene. Sorry. <laughs> Oopsie. So, moving forward, I mean, I think these both of these guys, though, for the heavyweight division are still top tenders. I think Willis still beats a lot of other guys, but it's a weak division. It's a really weak division. Hmm. I think Willis hasn't trained to do. He's still young. Curtis Blades is uh, ready to move on up. Fight some big names. I think Stipe's the call. Fights. I think you're 100% right with that Stipe. If Stipe will do it, Stipe's like, Stipe's playing that Colby Covington, like, I ain't doing nothing. Colby just got the fight. I know. So is that saying Stipe will get to fight DC? But I think Stipe, take take the fight. Take the fight with Curtis. I agree. That's a great fight. I agree because that, that initially Ooh, the wrestling matches fight. up, but that's the boxing's in Stipe's favor there. Even though... Justin Willis needs to work on his wrestling. His size and weight and how he was handled by Curtis Blades, the notice should be on watch. The whole fucking, or the whole division should be on watch. Yeah. It's totally dangerous. Agree. Dangerous. The other division that might be on watch, which I don't necessarily think so, because it was a specific call out from 155 pounds. We had the main event coming through with Anthony Pettis showing up as the biggest underdog of the entire night on DraftKings across everybody's betting boards. Anthony Pettis showed up stylistically. He came in with a Before Muay Thai. Before we get to that showtime, yes. can we give ESPN Plus a shout out with how quickly Ooh. we got to that showtime? Loved it wasn't it. that long ass Fox drawn out UFC like trying to hold us hostage trying to hold us hostage into the next Sunday morning. It was nice. Like, totally fights were agree. over, fights were starting. Good content in between. I liked a lot of the workups. So I felt like they were compelling. Um, and I, they were selling me on the fights to come where I was like, ooh, damn, that's a good fight card. Oh, I'm yeah, excited. So there is a lot of stuff I just wanted to give ESPN Plus 
the kudos of the episode. And I would even say their fight breakdowns live fight is a fun app. Their app has been working really, really well in between fights, showing you the strike statistics. Again, they're doing all sorts of good. If you got to get rid of one, looks like Fight Pass is the way to go, unfortunately, for that and one. And while we're at it, bye-bye, uh, uh, You're Dizon. 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 Like, yeah, I'm not paying that kind of money. Did you see their new subscription? No. Did, did they raise it already? Yeah, raised it a ton. I don't even know what the whole thing is, but I, I feel like it's like maybe a few hundred well, a year. They got to pay... Wrong, they they gotta pay wrong. Canelo, and then they gotta pay Tyson Fury, who they just I feel like almost paid more than they paid for Canelo, and that was a record breaking deal, like three hundred eighty million or something. Yeah, unbelievable amounts of money. Good for them, but again, I'm not, you ain't gonna pass that on to me. No, I'm you ain't gonna pass that, that down ESPN to me. Plus, that's gonna be the one. Hundred uh percent. -huh. And I think ESPN's just doing a really smart job. The one thing I will say, ESPN period. You know, how on ESPN when you're watching the real shows, how they have like the rundown on the side where they have all the things going on in sports right now. Yep. If you own the UFC, always put something about the UFC in that rundown. Totally. So you're getting people interested. Like, they're always talking about this. There's a lot going on over here. Like, you're, like, brainwashing. Right. Scrub their brain for the better. Like, get them, get new of UFC fans in there. And I know we're going to move on to the fight. I've been looking around things that we already hate, like things in UFC that we have to let go. Like we said one today, the uh, I Ain't Surprised Motherfuckers, the now the new one that people are already tired of, Three Piece and a Soda. Oh my gosh, how many times did they throw that in our face? Oh my gosh, that's where you were like, whoever this is, I hate them. Stop. <laughs> Stop it right now. I mean, it is, they, they were forcing it in there, even, I think on the first night of the night, the announcer said Anywhere it. Anywhere they could. Yeah. Oh, is that considered a two-piece in a soda? Oh! Ah! Is, uh, is that a four-piece of takedown in a soda, Bob? Is that... <laughs> is that mashed potatoes and gravy in a soda? Is that some of that good coleslaw and baked beans in a soda? <laughs> Get out of here! Why do you have to ruin everything that's right? Yeah, stop. <laughs> stop, Grandpa. Who would my grandfather just say more than broadcast this, you know what i feel like sorry rest this is what <laughs> <laughs> this is uh the mma twitter versus karma coming back at me for low bob goading everywhere yeah same thing this is the same okay, thing so but along I, the same lines here's what i want to be over with here's what i please reporters mma news people out there stop asking Every single fighter that wins a fight, if they want to fight Conor McGregor, shut the fuck up. I don't want to see it anymore. I don't want to see every single fighter that wins, Woodley, or even loses, Pettis. Thompson. Uh, like, they asked Thompson, Thompson on the, in like the they have everyone. You want to fight Conor McGregor? Sure, I'll fight Conor McGregor. Like, come on. Macy Barber's like, yeah, I'm the future. I'm going to fight Conor McGregor. <laughs> <laughs> I watch that fight. I watch that fight. <laughs> yeah, so I'm just like, please, can we stop this? Can we stop making him the the question? Instead, the good question is, who do you want to fight next? Or think of a clever thing. Look at the rankings and make a clever fight. And there, you, then you're the one that gets credit for, hey, cowboy, do you want to fight Aya Quinta for your next fight? Sure, I'll fight Aya Quinta. Look at I said it to him here. Like, I don't know. Unless so you're a civilian with a cell phone, you ain't getting that fight. You ain't getting that fight. <laughs> hey, I thought he had a nice Louis Vuitton fanny pack and some, he had some knee with sandal thing. He had some knee with sandal thing. He had them camel knees. 
So Anthony Pettis at 170 pounds. I actually made his knees look like they look like the camels. Like they were implanted by camels. So Anthony Pettis came in in the second round and finished Anthony, or Stephen Thompson. First time he's ever been knocked out in his entire professional career, karate, MMA alike. But it was that Muay Thai style that Pettis came in with Duke Rufus coming in and actually taking something out of Duke Rufus's old playbook. If you go to Lawrence Tinchkin on YouTube, he's already broken it down because Muay Thai defeated Duke Rufus back in the 80s. And it was because they were using that double leg kick across both thighs and really picking apart that leg Even kick. For the newbies, um, Duke Rufus is the dude of the gym that trains Anthony Pettis and all those uh, killers, Baby Pettis, and they're saying somebody Irish else is Dragon, CM Park, Macy Barber, Ben Askren, Lawler. I think Lawler. she's gonna be newer if she's just there for this past fight, but she wants to. T stay Woods, there. maybe not Lawler. T Woods has been there. Duke Rufus is stable of nothing but top quality guys, but. Definitely uh, using that leg kick uh, shut down to neutralize the movement of Steven Thompson. And then even Anthony Pettis said it at the end of the entire fight of those two rounds in the back. He's like, man, he was eating me up for those first two rounds. But our game plan was get him thinking about the legs nonstop and finally throw a punch. And it's pretty much true. Pettis threw noncommittal strikes up until that flying or that... Superman punch, not off of the fence. He just kind of gauged himself off the fence and then threw the Superman punch with five seconds left in the second round. But, I mean, you didn't need those second and third shots because Thompson was out on his feet. He was he, he was fetal position on the way down. He almost did a little, it wasn't necessarily off the fence, but he did that little rope-a-dopa, like, mattress fall back up before he... He knew the fence was there and bounced off of it two feet and then threw the punch. And then it wasn't the typical, but it was like a little hook put in. A little hook put into that Superman punch. It was powerful. Yeah, it was something different right on the button. And I don't necessarily feel that, like, Pettis laid back. I thought, I watched the whole entire fight from the waist down, and I felt like he was winning from the waist down even though every once in a while what I admired about Thompson was laying in the body shot kicks from above the uh, belt that I'm like oh those will add up over the period of really working with Anthony Pettis's cardio but Anthony Pettis is a just as much of a veteran he said he got his nose broke in the first round but that veteran shit paid off because he knew of it. And he's like, you know, he was so worried about the kicks and paying attention to that game. He didn't give uh, Stephen Thompson any credit on his jab. And that jab snuck through and closed his airway off. He's like, oh, shit. Uh, But I think he played a really smart game plan. And I, I haven't gotten to live through a Showtime era. I love what I saw from him in there. But this stylistically... Pettis and Duke Rufus called it out because they thought that they can beat a karate style. And that Steven Thompson is fairly one-dimensional when it comes to MMA. We haven't, we don't really see his ground game. He uses wrestling in reverse. So at 170 pounds, I feel like we already broke it down earlier. And pretty much the only shot that Pettis has is really taken over at 170 is against Dos Anjos. He came, Steven Thompson came to backstage and he's like, what happened? And Chris Weidman was there and was like, you got knocked out. <laughs> Been like, there. No. 
He took it so well. So it was pretty amusing. We actually threw it up on our Instagram, which I have to give credit to MMA World. If you are in the dark and are looking for, if you're new to the YouTube, I know a lot of people are cutting their cable and just be new to the channels of uh, even better than YouTube BitChute. You can get a little more truer news, but um, MMA World is on YouTube and they are pretty clever and have great edits and they make me laugh. So I put something up on ours. And I'm just trying to give him full credit so you don't think I'm ripping him off. But it made me laugh. Where it's That's like funny. every other fighter crying. And then Stephen Thompson like, oh, yeah, no, God. just take It's a numbers game. It's a numbers game. And he did. He has taken it better than anyone I've ever seen. He's going to be back. He's going to be back. I have to say, I thought the fight was so good up until then. Let's say he didn't get knocked out. I could have seen him still losing by all the strikes. I think you were... This fight's going to be a lot closer than people think, and that is something that, even though it finished the way it did, um, if they would have made it through the round, that round very easily could have gone to Wonder Boy, especially because judges always tend to notice more punches over kicks. Totally. Um, and I think that it could have been a lot closer of a fight, which is what you kind of said from the beginning, and it just ended up being like one of those fights where when you see something like that, and it's a numbers game. I don't want to get on a hype train. I don't think it's just Dos Anjos because he actually has a fight book, doesn't he? At 55, Pettis has already said he's going back down to 55, but will fight at 70. If no, he's I think shot. he should fight at 70. It was, it's kind of the same as Cowboy for me. It's kind of the same as you? Cowboy for me. This gives them the idea that, like, how unimportant the water in their, the extra water in their brain was to right. the shots he took from Wonder Boy. Right, he absorbed more like damage and looked was, better than he before. He blocked some great shots. He was bruised up for oh, blocking yeah. those kicks. His friggin', he blocked some crazy kicks with his legs. Um, what an impressive fight. That was everything that, it was better it, than I thought, but it was a weird call out. Which... Even on a losing night, it was a fun one to watch. It's why we watch this sport. Is why. Because you don't ever know what's going to happen in there. It could be the biggest favorite of the night. And he could get Merc in the middle of a sequence Damn. in less five seconds. What do we have coming up? I feel like we have a big fight card. Oh, it's weekend. such a fun one coming up. This next coming up weekend. I was already well, look looking at it. You can kill the... Please, go on. Know. It was, again, out of Nashville, Tennessee. It was the fourth time we'd ended up going in. The highlights of the night has got to be Macy Barber, Chito Vera, and Anthony Pettis. But again, you gotta you gotta slow back on Anthony Pettis, especially at seventy and at fifty five. I don't know because are you, you feeling good right now about Kiesa? Like, what about the Kiesa fight for Anthony Pettis? He already beat Kiesa. Body shot. What about at at seventy though? It's a little different. But, that, but that's the same as Dos Anjos. Okay, here's that's next the same weekend. as Dos Anjos. Both fifty fivers. Ahead, I'm just going to read through just the main card. I'm not even going to get deep. Oh, so, so good. There's going to be some sneakers on there. Oh, it says the fight card is currently unavailable. That's trash. But I know. Come on, UFC. Stop up your game. Oh, I know. Uh, I but I will it. say the main event, Barboza versus Gaethje. <laughs> oh, oh. Off, off the top of your head, where uh, are you with this? What is this? To give you like, I know we're gonna get deep, and you're you're free to change your mind because we love that on Lesbo and the Bean. What is uh your first thoughts? About? My first thought is somebody's leg is gonna be put in a plastic bag and put on ice and rushed to the hospital because it's gonna be hanging in the middle of the ring. This leg kicker's delight, but I do honestly see. The more craftier, more dimensional fighter, being Justin Gaethje, he can actually take a little bit more damage. But, I mean... Oh my gosh, I see it the exact opposite way. Oh, unless, it's such a fun unless 
The only way I see that Justin Gaethje wins is if he uses the one thing that we always beg him to use 100% of the time. Sure, use your leg kicks to get inside and make the guy scared so you can take him down, use your wrestling, Justin. So he, never he has uses more it. dimensions. But he never, when we have I, you ever seen I him totally use his wrestling agree. UFC? It, I gotta my... stop. I have to stop depending on it. Not he. I have to stop depending on it. It's so, what I see right yeah, now. if he uses that that wrestling, but I've just never seen him use it in the UFC, so I'm gonna stick with what I know. I think Barboza might be able to catch that, but I don't know. I'm not committed to that yet. You'll have to listen next week and bring a pal or a friend and let us know what you think. Yes, love ya. Let's go to me. Thanks for listening to Lat B. For all things Lesbo and the Bean, head over to lesboandthebean.com or follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.